if you want to open that. No, no, go for it. I'm right for you. <laughs> Hello, greetings, salutations, welcome to the podcast that looks back at albums, movies, and video games. To ask anyone for seconds, I am one of your hosts, Dave, and with me is. My name's Matt. Oh, for fuck's sake. I told you to open that before we started. It's not beer, or is it? It's my sin juice. We will never tell. Anyway, this is part two of the long-awaited fan edit special two-part. Yeah, we've only been waiting six months. So I did my homework as was requested of me back, back when. I sat down and I watched Christopher Nolan's 2012 Batman film, The Dark Knight Rises. The conclusion to the Dark Knight trilogy, which some hold in high regard, but they're fucking idiots. <laughs> so, before we get things going, if you haven't heard our previous episode about um, fan edits, you're probably not going to get a lot from this. Go back, listen to that, come back here. Mm. in store for Dave today is a fan fix of The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, yes. And this is under the heading of The Dark Knight Saga Recut Part 3. Very much taking a Godfather approach to the naming there. Um, yep. But let's run through a few facts or notoids about The Dark Knight Rises theatrical. Yep. That I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because I have opinions. Yep. Well, then I'm going to watch this, and then I'm going to want you to, to say some more words. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, The Dark Knight Rises, as you said, directed by Christopher Nolan. Screenplay by Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan, with some David Esquire story. <sighs> yeah. Was released in 2012. Had a budget of around 250 to $300 million. Really? Yep. Jesus. But fortunately, it made a billion. One billion dollars. Did it really? It really made a billion dollars? Wow. Da, da, da. Wow. That, I didn't realise it made that much. Jesus. I knew it made its budget back and then some, but I didn't realise it was... Well, I suppose it was the same summer as The Avengers, so I suppose yeah. it... Um, yeah, of course it was going to make you, a billion. You think this was following on from the hype of The Dark Knight... Yeah, 2008, which really did do a lot for comic book movies. Yep. Um, and this was the long await sequel. And pretty much um, we were just in for this. And like superheroes have grown and grown and grown in popularity. And we're like, this is a conclusion to a great story arc, which really has brought Batman back to his prime after a little bit of George Clooney. I was going to say, considering that the, Fran the Batman franchise as a whole had ostensibly been basically killed off by Batman and Robin, which may or may not be in an upcoming episode at some point in the future. Franchise had died in 1997 yeah. after the release of that film, and it took... Well, Batman Begins didn't release until 2005 or 2004. Was it really that late? Bloody mm. hell. So it, it took damn near six, seven years, enough, like a pretty long gap, Mm. To, to everybody go we're ready for another go because I know in that interim they were toying with the Batman super, Batman versus Superman thing so much so there's like billboards in I Am Legend for mm. Batman versus Superman and stuff and well interesting thing I recall after the release of Batman and Robin yeah. the, the highly esteemed British tabloid The Sun Oh, good Lord. Run an article stating that the Scarecrow would be the villain in the next Batman movie. And this was assuming that George Clooney would be in the next Batman movie. And mm. can you believe that all those years later they were right? So that tells you how long scripts circulate in Hollywood and get reworked yeah. so many times that the villain remained over all yeah. of that duration to be reworked. And I'm like, I think that's the only accurate thing 
the Sun has ever reported. <laughs> yeah, because it was going to be Joel Schumacher was going to come back again and basically be his apology movie for Batman and Robin, if memory serves. Yeah. Called Batman Triumphant, Triumphant. I want to say. Yeah. It was called. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 2008, The Dark Knight comes out the same year as Iron Man, yeah. which is a. You know, pretty much the kickoff of the MCU, mm. and basically launches everything we know now. Everything spins out of there. You know. Yeah, it, it it's like the Dark Knight did really well. Unfortunately, Heath Ledger passed on. Did get a posthumous Oscar. Yeah. Now the question would be: Had he not passed on, would the film have received as much critical acclaim? Probably mm. not. However, I do believe it's a really good portrayal of the Joker because it was doing something fresh. Bit edgier, however, my preference is still Jack Nicholson, just because he's slightly lighter in tone, and he's fucking Jack Nicholson. Like, come on, come on. But but you've got a soft spot for the Tim Burton '89 yeah. film anyway, uh, haven't you? So, you know, which is fine. Ever I, dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Where does he get those toys? <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the Heath Ledger, I don't think he would have got the Oscar nod or anything like that. I think it's purely based off of the fact I don't think he won anything possibly for his roles previously. So stuff like was he nominated? Was he nominated or that re- certainly received a lot of accolades? Brokeback Mountain at the very least. Yeah. Which again, unfortunately, meant for all the frosty, hatey fanboys going, "Wait, no, 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 no! I don't want my Joker or Brokeback," which I believe were actual phrases stated yeah. in online outlets yeah. and then as soon as you saw the teaser image which was essentially a close up of his face on a black background yeah. I was a viral market and you're like wait don't, that, that smile those are actual scars what are they yeah. doing with this character and then actually hype started to build and then it released yeah. and it was a brilliant film because essentially it was Heat and as I've discussed previously <laughs> on a podcast yeah, Heat's fucking amazing and by just remaking Heat with a bit of Batman in there yeah, you're on to a winner going back to the viral marketing thing I I remember the viral marketing campaign for The Dark Knight, and it is one of the very, very best sort of viral marketing campaigns to come out of Hollywood within the last 15 or so years, obviously taking its nods from, I want to say Cloverfield. Oh, yes. Um, we are going to come back to... We're going to come back to Cloverfield at we some point. We are coming back to Cloverfield. Yeah. Obviously, they did it kind of, kind of, I don't know whether it was before or after, but obviously kind of from that, The Dark Knight had the whole thing. It had the whole... Nobody knew about Harvey Dent was in the film. The fact he turns into... Spoilers, by the way, because we're going to spoil the fuck out of these films. Obviously, the fact that he turns into, like... He becomes Harvey He becomes Two-Face. Harvey Two-Face, As I think yeah. they refer to him. I think he has that, that line where where Harvey Dent starts him one of the corrupt cops. Yeah, what is it you used to call me in Internal Affairs? Harvey Two-Face. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously it had the I believe in Harvey Dent, and obviously all the mold. It was like a big web game, wasn't it? Kind of you had yeah. to look into the source codes and it, stuff. It, it was very much taking a Cloverfield approach, which I think yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, it was amazing. Again, Dark Knight Rises had a little bit of a viral campaign, but nowhere near as affluent as what no. um, Dark Knight was. See, the only thing I remember from the Dark Knight Rises campaign, which we're going to get into the film a lot more in a bit. Promise, nah, um, nah, nah. <laughs> was the fact that they had the website and you could record yourself chanting the Desi Desi Basra. I really love that 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 that, that theme. That, that chanting just riles me up and I, I yeah. just want to go punch people in the face. Because yeah. the, the thing for me is that Tom Hardy had just done Warrior yeah. and bulked up for that. Then yeah. he lost all the weight for another role and then they're like, yeah, you're Bane now. And then he had to bulk up all the way again. And when they like release some teaser screens of him, I think it's possibly with his arm, very similar to the to the Joker post. It was just a close-up of him just in his muscle vest with his yeah. arms crossed with a black background and it's partially in and out of focus and you're just like, look at the size of his arms. This yeah. dude, this dude's going to really hurt when he punches you in the face. <laughs> which, he back. T- which he totally does. Which brings me on nicely to The Dark Knight Rises. 
which actually adapts three key Batman stories. Okay, yeah. Nightfall being the most prevalent, that's probably known more to the wider wider world. Yeah, breaking the bat. We then have The Dark Knight Returns as well, partially adapted. Yeah, kind of, yeah, because Bruce Wayne comes back. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And um, the final story is a story called Batman No Man's Land. Essentially, a major earthquake hits Gotham City and it sort of is evacuated by the US government and the remains of Gotham is then like locked down to a degree. Okay. So you can kind of see that influences what's been lifted into. Um, and the other key thing about this film is the use of the IMAX camera and the constantly shifting aspect ratios, which are great for huge cinematic sequences on the screen. Um, but to my mind, either shoot the whole thing in fucking IMAX or don't. You know, this film released and it had hugely positive reviews and reception at the time. Just ridiculous. Um, I was one of those because I remember seeing this with an ex-girlfriend. Uh, I think possibly the weekend it came out. I think I saw all of the Dark Knight films in the cinema. And I want to say that that one was the one where I came out. I was actually like, yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. And I did with The Dark Knight, but I think The Dark Knight was more of a grower. The more you watch it, the more kind of layers to it you see as you go Uh, on. Definitely. I saw The Dark Knight at least twice at the cinema, maybe even three times. The Dark Knight Rises, I probably only saw the once at the cinema. And again, I'm like, the bits I liked, I liked. I liked Bane punching people and being a Bane, hence the meme. But some of the wider story things, I'm like... No, 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 that's, that's stupid, why have you done that? This this is almost a film for, not a film free, you, you've skipped over quite a bit here. Yeah. Pretty much this, this film's sort of ratings. I was going to say, how are we looking at meta scores and um, Rotten Tomatoes scores and such? User scores like an 8.4 on Metacritic, it's like pretty... Really? Yeah. Okay. And the actual meta score for this is 78. 78. So you're like, it's pretty good, but not... Not the heady heights of the franchise as previously said. No, yeah. no. So, it, it, you know, but again, with that, I don't know how many of them are more contemporary reviews bringing it down. Yeah. Because I must admit, on subsequent home release watches, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I like this too much. No, I think I fall on the same side as you. Like I said, I saw it at the cinema. I think I saw it twice. No, I saw this one once at the cinema. I was like, that was pretty good. Mm. And I think it was kind of the spectacle of having it all at the cinema on this big screen. It's like, oh my God, it's Batman on the big screen. And I've watched it once before this rewatch. I've watched it once and I was like, this is is long, isn't it? It feels really long. And I was like, it's still good, but it just feels very, very long. The runtime's 166 minutes. Yeah, because I remember texting you during the week. I said, I'm finally doing my homework. And I think it was like three hours later, I texted you, I went, Jesus Christ, that film was long. It was longer than I remember. Yeah, and there's certain points where it could have just stopped for me and not carried on. And I've just been like, yeah, that's, I've had enough. What's your, your your sort of final summary on The Dark Knight, right? Going to, I, I like, my opinion is, I don't like as much as what I should have. It's overly bloated. It feels like a film four rather than a film three. Too much time has passed. There's not enough Batman in. And I I just kind of don't know what they're going for. It just feels overly messy. And did nobody actually proof check their script and story? Did, Did nobody just sit there and go, this makes no sense? So The Dark Knight Rises. Um... It's difficult because, like I said, I initially really liked it. Subsequent reviewings have actually shown it to be the weakest in the trilogy. So I've got a very, very long list here. I'm just going to show you very briefly my notes of what I made. That's a lot of scrolling. Uh, It's a lot of scrolling right there. Overall, sound mixing, it's your typical Nolan. It's either too loud, it's too quiet. Or it's distorted to hell because with no land there is no happy medium. The most horrible thing I hated about the sound mixing is Bane. Bane is layered. So I think this was a whole thing when it originally came out of the IMAX. Because they did a press screening of the intro six minutes. And every single 
critical person now and couldn't understand or hear a word that Bane was saying. And for reference, this is the scene where he's on the aeroplane with the mask, like a bag over his head, and then his mask is taken yeah. off um, whilst they're throwing people out the plane and stuff. And the critics went, couldn't understand fucking what he's saying. Not so much the accent and the voice he's putting on, more just, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. It was too muffled. Taking this plan... And yet that's more audible than apparently what it was in the cinema. Yeah, but the way they've done it in this is alright, you've had to ADR it over the top, but it's so jarring because, for reference, I watched the Blu-ray release of this. Um, It's really jarring because you can hear that everybody's kind of had it all, everybody in the background is talking, and he's just re- he comes across really, really loud... So he's literally, like, right next to the microphone like this and goes, The plan! The plan! Whereas everyone's kind of in the background, kind of like sitting here. So when you've got 5.1 on, Bane always comes out of the centre channel, yeah. regardless of where he's situated on screen. 100%. Whereas other characters make him out of, like, the rear left, if they're yes. like the rear of the room. He always comes out front and yeah. centre. And he's always crystal clear, regardless of whether he's outside, inside... Inside, yeah. outside, goal, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, he always sounds like he is in the studio. He's perfectly understandable. He didn't play something! Who wants to try next? Tell me about Bane! Why does he wear the mask? A lot of loyalty for a hired gun! Well, perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man. Before throwing him out of a plane. At least you can talk. Who are you? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. If I pull that off, will you die? It would be extremely painful. You're a big guy. For you. Again, I don't know kind of how it sounded originally because we never saw the initial IMAX previews. Speaking of IMAX, so I watched the Blu-ray release. Because part of it was shot in IMAX and part of it wasn't, there's certain parts of the films where the aspect ratio... I got flashbacks to Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is how jarring it was for me. At least Zack Snyder's Justice League was consistent in its aspect ratio. It was consistent in a 4 by 3 The thing I... I haven't got a problem with shooting it in IMAX. My thing is, commit to it. Either shoot it all in IMAX, or have it all year 16 by 9 or 235 by 6 I think it is, is the ratio. theatrical... Things it's one thirty five in no, six. I think no? typical theatrical things are one eighty five. One eighty five, and then other things are two thirty nine. Yeah, and it's like pick a ratio and stick with it because on the home media release, it's very noticeable when suddenly you're going from full screen image to then yeah. suddenly it's squished down because a huge black bars have appeared yeah. to on and off, and you're like on a big cinema screen, it's not too noticeable. Yeah. On a home media release, it's very noticeable. The thing is, is that they did this with The Dark Knight, but The Dark Knight only does it for action sequences, so that's fine. I bank don't mind dry at the start. Yeah, bank robbery at the start, when he's in Hong Kong and he glides down taking out, um, I can't remember the guy's name now. The uh, Better oh, off as the money man. Yeah. And... One collective pot. <laughs> Yeah, it was, and kind of, the way they've done it in The Dark Knight Rises is they've done the action scenes kind of in the IMAX ratio, but then they've also done landscape shots of it as well, kind of, in an IMAX. It looks breathtaking, don't get me wrong. Gotham looked great. Gotham's probably the best it's ever looked. Arguably, if you like the grounded, gritty realism of the Nolan film. Or the standard city rather than a timber and... Yeah. Gothic City or an Affleck shithole of a city. Yeah. I would rather go either way, personally. But, kind of getting away from the point now. Michael Caine in this film, I love Michael Caine, don't get me wrong. For me, 
he is literally the guy who does context dumps for everything. I noticed it really, really badly this time. He literally explains Bane because he did a Google search. He explains everything that's happened in Gotham since Batman's disappeared because reasons. He's literally there as an exposition character to go, rather than just be Bruce Wayne's kind of confidant and ally, he's just there to go, oh, did you know, Master Wayne, that Bane is part of the League of Shadows? He was excommunicated by the League of Shadows because he's too dangerous to be a secret terrorist assassin. Yeah, how does he know this? Well, also, surely that's the kind of recruit you want in that organisation. Yeah. You don't go, no, you're a bit too extreme for us, pal. (laughs) Yeah. There's another part as well where they raid the Gotham uh, Stock Exchange. Because Gotham has a stock exchange. Gotham has a stock exchange. Not like London or New York. Gotham. My problem with it is that they use footage of the Occupy Wall Street movement, which was ongoing at the time, and it's put there for no reason. It's basically there to add production value without spending money. It reminds me of Super 8. You've seen Super 8, haven't you? Uh, not enough of it, but... The J.J. Abrams film. Yeah, yeah, where the kids are making the film to enter it into a uh, TV show contest, and they go, oh... The train's going past in the background. We need to shoot now. We need to shoot now. It's going to add production value. That's kind of what it feels like in this with the Occupy Wall Street movement just literally kind of randomly chucked in for no for no reason except for they were there. Let's film it. Well, they also then just quickly like shoehorning into the story later on going, yeah, steal from the rich and just trash their places and blah, 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 yeah. blah. That way this lets everybody know that we're the bad guy. 100%. So And the police are stupid. Yeah, I was literally just about to come on to that. So you, you were saying about the police are stupid. Very, uh, very stupid. Yeah, so Commissioner Gordon's right-hand man, Foley, I didn't really see a point for him. He's stupid, he's reduced, reduced to a lot of one-liners and just really stupid comments that just don't... He's a wet blanket. Basically. And he's taken lip from John Blake, a beat cop. I'd be like, firstly, buck off, and secondly... Speak to me like that again when you're on a disciplinary and sacked. Yeah. I'm like, also, who let you in the room? <laughs> right, we're going to move on now. So, can we talk about a clean slate protocol? Yeah. Right, it's fucking stupid. It's a, it's a motivation for Catwoman that is alien for that character. If you're going from the interpretation from the books... She loves being a cat burglar. She's unremorseful. Even at the start of the film, right, there's a bit where she kind of steals out of Bruce Wayne's vault, steals his mother's pearls and that. She's shown to like it and kind of get a really kind of sick thrill from it, which is kind of in keeping with the character of Selina Kyle. But having a need to get out using the clean slate protocol in quotes is fucking stupid. I feel like it betrays the character in a way. It... Well, the thing is, I don't think they call it a protocol. They just go, I want a clean slate. Yeah. But also, that they don't ever call her Catwoman. But secondly, she never explains why she wants it. For all we know, and this is poor writing, she wants it to wipe her history so then she can carry on doing burglaring and stuff yeah. like that without being detected when they do like police checks when she goes to rich places to rob them. But it's so poorly developed. And otherwise, she does a great portrayal. But you're like... You're doing, oh yeah, I'm absolutely is great, but the writing is so poor. I'm absolutely fine with Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle, Catwoman. When she was initially announced, I was like, "Huh, okay, I can't really see it." But then at that point, I'd only really seen her in something like The Princess Diaries. You know that, yeah, into, yeah, 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 with which is technically MCU canon because I believe Stan Lee is in it, he makes a cameo. There you go. Matt looks confused. Uh, anyway, moving on. Going back to Alfred, I'm kind of jumping all over the place because this is how I made my notes. Uh-huh. Um, Alfred... That's how the film works as well. <laughs> Alfred leaving Bruce. Mm-hmm. I think it's stupid yeah, it to basically teach him her lesson. I feel like... Doesn't work. Yeah, I feel like it goes against the character's ethos because, yeah, all right, all right, I understand... They need to get Bruce Wayne Batman on his own, feeling isolated and alone, so eventually he can rise. Get it? Like the the title? I'll tell you how they could have done that. 
They could have Bane turn up and punch Alfred in the face and put him in intensive care or something. Yeah, exactly. They could have done that. But I think that... Funnily enough, like Nightfall. Yeah, but I think Alfred would stay with him despite his hesitations and reservations because he's worked with the Wayne family for so long. Yeah. And obviously he's like this father figure kind of to Bruce. I feel like having him abandon him at such an early point in the film is... It's ridiculous. I don't like that at all. Uh, the break in the bat fight in the sewers. Yeah. It's awful. It yep. is not a good fight. It's got no rhythm. It's got no flow. It's not spectacular enough to warrant out all of the really long, drawn-out shots they do. They kind of do it in kind of a one-shot, moving, very long-shot, one-take kind of style. I don't like that fight either. I, also, I, don't, like I don't like the lead up to it when he's suddenly doing all these stealth Batmaning and people in the sewer system to get to the fight. Yes. I'm like, that looks fucking terrible. Yeah, and the, the, both of them, they're just literally walking down the track. Him and yeah. Catwoman are walking down the track. It's going, I'm like, it's a trap for Batman. Just don't have any guards there. Yeah, it's stupid. It's it's um, really stupid. The, uh, the break uh, in the bat fight, yeah. it's like a really bad street fight. You've, you've seen They Live. You've seen the street fight in They Live between Rowdy Roddy Piper and uh, I can't remember the character. Keith David. Yeah, between him and Keith David. It's done like that, but the difference is you can get away with it in They Live because Rowdy Roddy Piper is a professional, was a professional wrestler, Mm. and he choreographed the fight, so it looks. My big issue with the fighting is that nobody knows how to fight. When you get the close-ups of Bruce Wayne, all, all he's doing is literally bringing his elbows downwards in like yeah. a... How can I describe it on audio? You know when you're in a swimming pool and you do the crawl and you bring your arms overhead around? Yeah. All Batman is doing is that except bringing his elbow down inwards and the camera's doing zoomed-in shots to make you go, oh, they know what they're doing in terms of yeah. fighting. I'm like, no, no. If you panned out a few feet and look at that, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He does not know how to fight. I mean, I'm not expecting... And additionally, you look at the size of the guy and his strategy is to run in and try and punch him. Why not start with turning the lights out and trying to attack him in the dark before you then go, uh, none of my toys and gizmos are going to work. Okay, now I'm going to have to fall into a fist. Ah, darkness. I was born into it. I was moulded by it. I, I, I kind of like that, but the fighting was poor. Whereas later on, when you see Bane going up Batman outside um, when, when oh. the police are He's proper swinging his arms and stuff. And I'm oh, like, I hated that. I hate that fight. I don't like how Batman fights because I it makes no it. sense because he's learned nothing. Yeah. But I do like how Bane is proper frame punches and just like... Well, it's Tom Hardy, At least Batman, uh, Bane seems to know how to fight. I hate that fight because it's in broad daylight. It looks so stupid, just this man in a big sort of rubber suit. That's because ba- 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 Batman doesn't know how to fight. If it was it's a broad stupid. daylight and he was fighting, like, say, Affleck as his Batman, yeah. you'd be like, that would work in yeah. broad daylight. He, arguably even Michael Keaton, where he does, like, kickboxing to a degree, but yeah. his fighting style isn't a full-on, it's more of a strategic yeah. thing, and you're like, that could work in broad daylight, you know? But it, it's just... It's just because Viola's Batman doesn't know how to fight. All of these great sequences from earlier films... Or either stealth takedowns, yep. or gadget takedowns. You never actually see him do any actual combat. I think even when he fights the joke, he punches him in the face twice before pushing him out the window. He doesn't do any yeah. clever combat, and that's because he just doesn't know how to fight, and they don't know how to show fighting on screen. Yeah. I mean, I understand that fistfights and stuff are really difficult to shoot. I'm not expecting like Hong Kong sort of kung fu sort of style. I was, but it's the League of Shadows. I expect them to be able to fight, and arguably in Batman Begins, where Ducard is training Bruce Wayne, Mm. a lot of that combat was okay. Nothing special, but it was okay. Yeah, yeah. This later on in Batman's career, maybe the thing is, I wouldn't have minded if it had him face off with Bane, and because he's out of practice, he just doesn't know how to fight anymore. Yeah. Or rather than that than them trying to go, yeah, Batman knows what he's doing. It should have been like him throwing a punch and Bane like breaking his arm and yeah. stuff like that. And then Batman relying more on gadgets and failing. No. Maybe it should have gone out like that. And I also think the back break looks a bit rubbish. 
It's an impressive visual because it's something that you haven't seen before in a way because you've never seen on screen anyway. You haven't seen Batman be defeated. I don't mind that as a visual uh, because it's. I don't think he's back bent enough. He picked yeah. him up, slammed his knee. I'm fine. I'm like, yeah. it didn't look like it break your back. It didn't look rough enough. It looks like it just push a vertebrae, just a small amount. Uh, which arguably then makes sense for him to be able to rehabilitate from that. Probably wasn't a broken back, probably just a kink in his back. Yeah. He, you know, fortunately he went to prison with a good physiotherapist. Yeah, fuck, fuck that physiotherapist bit. No, no amount of editing is going to change how Bruce fixes his back. Yeah, well, I'm going to do I hate it. Punch you in the back and then when you can stand flat-footed on the floor, yeah. you'll be fine. I'm just going to hang you up in the cell with a bit of rope and you're just going to stand there until you feel better. That's not how that works. Yeah. Look... I've worked in a hospital, I've worked in a neurology ward, I've seen people with, you know, injured backs and such like that, I've seen their rehabilitation about how they walk again from broken backs, brain surgery, spine surgery, things like that. That's not how that works. That is poor logic in the film, it fucks me off. I was always surprised that hospitals don't buy much rope. (laughs) True, true, very true. Okay, so John Daggett, we're going to talk about John Daggett, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Is he an extraneous character? Is he is he even really needed in the film? Yes, he brings Bane to Gotham, but he's basically killed not long into the film. He brings Batman to Gotham, Bane to Gotham, sorry, but Bane was always coming there because yeah. they want to kill Batman. Exactly. Unnecessary. Yeah, all right, Bane continues with his plan, and while we're on his plan... The plan is based on such situational circumstance. It shouldn't work. Like every single officer going into the underground sewers to then be trapped underground all at the same time. Police are stupid. The reading of the confession at the Steely Stadium. Sorry, I mean Gotham Football Stadium. Fucking Rothfitzberger, the quarterback, was all fucking hug it. Chug it football all night. It's stupid because he coincidentally found the confession on Gordon earlier when he fell into the sewer. Into the sewer, I couldn't think of the word. And then every, when he reads it at the stadium, he assumes everybody is going to believe it and it's the gospel truth. Well, nobody fact checks him. No, it's ridiculous. Again, yeah, nobody blame, went on Snopes.com and checked it. You want to know? I blame the press. <laughs> They should have fact-checked that before they published that and broadcast that. Fake news. Well, it was, actually. <laughs> well, and then the other thing was, this Gordon's in an ICU, clearly on medication because he's had a bad time. Yeah. You would relieve him from active duty. You would have yes. when they come, I command that every police officer in Gotham, except John Blake and Matthew Maydane, yeah. go into the sewer systems to find a hidden thing down there. You'd go... That oh. sounds like a crazy person. <laughs> We're relieving you from duty. We could have a squad go down there, but not the entire police force. Are you fucking it's crazy? It's stupid, isn't it? It's all based on circumstance. Bane has to assume that, oh, oh, Gotham's going to send everybody into the sewers. Yeah, I was going to say, what is his strategy? <laughs> just to go, hey, everybody, I'm down here, and just to lure them in at a yeah, later time. But everybody, it's 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 stupid. I I don't like it. I've, I'm nearly at the end of my notes, people. Don't worry. What, Batman fucks Tally Al Ghul? Um, yeah, I have got that on here, actually. Um, the, the, her, in this film, she just wants to kill him outright. Here we go, here we go. This yeah. is, is what... Is that that she wants she wants to kill him, and this is revenge for killing her father, rather than, as in the comics, that she wants to wed him to lead the League of Shadows. Yeah. You're like, it would make sense if she wanted that in the film, but she doesn't want that in the film... They just want to kill him and humiliate him. Don't be intimate with the guy you're trying to kill. So that I'll, I'll read you out verbatim what I what I wrote. Are you ready for this? Bruce Wayne fucking Miranda Tate doesn't do anything to the plot other than to try and make the Talia Al Ghul reveal more impactful, which it isn't. It's padding. Which is what a lot of the film is. It's a lot of padding. My My question was that I actually said to myself when I was watching it, can you cut the reveal of Talia Al Ghul and the subsequent shit with everything with her driving the tank through Gotham and so on and so forth? I reckon you probably can with great difficulty. No, I, 
it didn't need that character at all. Bane could have just been an independent agent. Yeah. I don't like the idea of here's a nuke, we're going to nuke your seed at a random time by driving a nuke around. <sighs> like, you're there to nuke the seed, just press the go button. You've, you've won. Yeah. And then it could have been Batman in the ashes of Gotham. Yeah, exactly. Fine. And then... Or don't write yourself into a corner where it's a nuke. It's f- yeah, it's fucking stupid. Now, my final bit about the film, uh, sort of deep diving on the film, I said it earlier, we're going to come back to it, the cafe. <laughs> I don't... I, it's, I hate the cafe. So... But was the coin still spinning or not? Oh, fuck off with that <laughs> Inception bullshit. That's what I was trying to do, though. Yeah, I really don't like the cafe bit. I'd rather have Bruce Wayne sacrifice himself because he loves and believes in Gotham rather than some kind of fucking deus ex machina that may or may not have happened after. Or, how about Bruce Wayne did some Batman in and Batmaned his way out of it? That would have been better. But it's so ambiguous and it's just but so... Because he's Batman. He could have said, because I'm Batman. How did you survive that nuclear blast? Because I'm Batman. Because I'm Batman. I don't like it. I feel like if he's saying that the whole film, he's saying, oh, Batman's not a person, it's a symbol. Why not kill off Bruce Wayne permanently, properly? All right, the whole of Gotham doesn't know. Obviously, Alfred at the fucking cafe drinking his... I don't even know what it is, bloody gin and tonic or whatever he's going, Master Wayne, you know, and then seeing him and smiling and nodding at him, I don't like that. And it doesn't do anything for me at all personally. I know it's probably Nolan trying to be, ah, but but is it real? Like you said with the fucking, was the coin spinning, was the fucking token spinning? This is literally what he was trying to do and you're like, I don't like that. And also... That coin was clearly about to stop spinning. Not, not everything has to be a hundred million different layers and levels. And yeah, yeah, it, I absolutely hate it. I hate that cafe bit. I cringed when I saw it. So to um, summarize, then, what would you give this film out of ten? It's easily a solid seven out of ten. It doesn't reach the Disney heights of the Dark Knight or Batman Begins. It feels like it needs a bloody good rewrite or two to iron out some of the kinks in the story and some more of the for the moments. It's a bit of a damp squib as an ending to the Dark Knight trilogy as it currently stands. I have a lot of problems with it in general that I feel like are quite difficult to overlook in the sort of sense it is currently in. I'd be curious to see kind of I'm curious to see this edit actually as to whether it cuts down the lung, the run time, it makes more sense of a garbled plot and it makes characters more in line with their sort of comic book counterparts. Well, I'm about to show you this fan edit. Right. Sorry, fan fix. Right. I believe this is better than the theatrical version and now, as far as I'm concerned, this is now the canon version of this film release. Yep. I believe it fixes so many of the varying problems. Yep. Um, including the runtime, you'll be pleased to hear. Thank God for that, because I don't think I could sit through two and three quarter hours of this again. You won't have to. Thank Christ for that, because God, that film. Can I'm... we can we just say that film is fucking long and it feels its length? Yeah. Fucking long. You, I think you're really gonna like this fan edit. Okay. And you're gonna agree with me on this for a change, rather than disagree with me. Okay. Alright, so what, what kind of things have they done done to it? They cut half hour for a start. Oh, thank Christ for that. So it's only two and a quarter hours or something like that. You know what? I don't think I'm going to tell you too much more because I don't want to ruin the surprises. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, pretty much the, the, the main goal here is to streamline it to make it a decent Batman story. And a fitting conclusion. Uh yeah, and like rather than be like five different Batman stories, it's like one more straightforward one. Good. Right, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay. Fix the film, fix the film, fix the film. They did. Thank Christ for that. Right. We'll see you in a few minutes on the recording. And two hours later in real life. Two hours later in real life. See you in a bit.
so you know about him. Of course. Do you think he's coming back? I don't know. Welcome back. We've now just watched the Dark Knight Saga Recut. Part, Part three. 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 It's a magic number. Yes. How did you find it? I enjoyed that. Surprisingly. For a start, it wasn't two and three quarter hours long, so that's always a plus. There was a lot of extraneous baggage that I thought there was going to be removed, which was quite nice. The plot is actually easier to follow and it's more concise because there's less plot threads going everywhere all over the shop. Yep. Bane is a lot more formidable. Yep. There's less one-liners, which is always nice. Yep. They pretty much cut all of the police lines. Um, yes. You know, they don't go, oh, you're about to have a show tonight and freeze Batman, you're under arrest. They cut all of that. Yeah. They just have the bare minimum essential dialogue. They cut the entire Miranda love plot yes. in its entirety. They cut a lot of... <laughs> they cut that. <laughs> they cut that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Um... They pretty much cut most of Matthew Modine's scenes. Yeah. He's the deputy commissioner. They simplified all of Gordon's speeches. Yeah. Um, they cut out anything relating to discussing, I'd love to have a holiday in France, to the actual France cafe. Yes, I did notice that. that. It was great. It ended Cut uh, all of Selena's girlfriend. Yeah, I did notice she was now on her own. She was a lone agent, which was quite nice. Yeah, they cut the henchman search and Gordon and the subsequent anything to do with his speech. So Bane never reads out. There's no reference to it. Yeah, the deletion of the letter was a welcome addition. I did think that the, the cut where Gordon was going to get searched was a bit iffy, but I'm willing to let that slide based purely on the fact that it is a fan edit. Mm-hmm. It's a fan fix, no less. They cut a lot of superfluous references to Bane and the League of Shadows going, oh, if he was too extreme for the League of Shadows, they're just sort of saying he was trained by the League of Shadows and leave it at that. They cut a lot of further references to it, mm. which you probably didn't even clock. I didn't. I noticed that it felt shorter when they were explaining it. I thought there must have been something missing, but I wasn't sure what. Yeah, uh, they trimmed that. It trimmed a lot of Blake's dialogue around quitting the police force, uh, doing stuff, not doing stuff. They cut yeah. a lot of uh, they cut a lot of Batman's and Catwoman's dialogue and flirting dialogue, like uh, yeah. see you around. Oh, that's what that feels like, etc. Yeah, yeah, lot a lot of their one liners and just stupid character breaking moments were were gone. Additionally. Cut a lot of the Bane talks around the propaganda of uh, this is our city now, rise up Gothamites, do this, do that. Yes. Cut a lot of that because it's all just nonsense. They cut a lot of Bane's monologue to, to Bruce when he's in the prison. This literally go, yep, this is your punishment, it must be more severe. They cut all of his yeah. waffle there. They cut all the ex exposition around the bomb. So much stuff they cut. Uh, and more, most importantly, they cut all references to a autopilot system. Yes. So according to this, Batman is dead. Bruce Wayne is dead. And they have resequenced certain scenes to go, Blake, who they do not call Robin, because they cut that bit. 
Yeah. Has now taken on the mantle of Batman. And it also doesn't show him quitting the police force. Yeah, that feels really silly in, in the theatrical cut. He quits because he doesn't feel like he can get anything done. Yeah. Which seems a bit silly, but I suppose if you're going to be Batman, then mm. be Batman. Always be Batman. Essentially, yeah. It's like, that's a hell of a promotion. Well, becoming Batman, yeah. that is a promotion yeah. and a half, yeah. yeah. Which is why then it kind of makes a bit more sense as to why throughout the film, Bruce is going to wear a mask, it protects people you know. Yeah. Uh, you asked, why is he telling them to throw the thing and wait five seconds? Why have they left that in? It's because he's kind of explaining to him how some of his Batman gadgets work before he Yes, it doesn't make much... But, but it adds some logic to why they had those scenes in the film to go... Well, basically, I want you to be the new Batman, and here is some bonus information I'm going to teach you along the way. Yeah, it doesn't make sense in the main film because you watch it, it goes, oh, count to five and then throw. You're like, well, it does a little explosion, it doesn't do anything to the wall. But yeah, in this, yeah, like you said, it makes a lot more sense if he's training him to become Batman Returns, Batman the sequel. Yeah, like. Batman Forever. I think, Batman and Robin. I think they lift a couple of scenes from The Dark Knight for Commissioner Gordon at the very start of the film. Yes, because they put in the Two-Face stuff again. Yes. Yeah, and I think at the end they changed the sequence in to show, oh, there's a brand new bat signal on the yeah um, thing on the top of the building. They also cut everything to do with the Scarecrow walking out on ice. You don't have any... Oh, that that's, well. I forgot to mention that in the preamble. Yeah, um, that, that scene's fucking bullshit, and I don't like it. It's fan service again. Um, I wouldn't have minded it as much in the theatrical if he was wearing a Scarecrow mask. What's doing that? Mm. But but not doing that kind of felt superfluous. So then it also cuts the whole thing of, of Bruce taking the time to burn a giant bat symbol into a side of a skyscraper yeah, in the theatrical just, gut. Yeah, looks on it. Yeah, cut that. Don't need that. It's just, just. He goes back to that. Um, do you remember the episode of Simpsons where Homer just is the baseball team? And he just goes, "Yeah, you're cut. You're cut. You're cut. You're cut." Just, Don't even know you, but you're cut. Yeah, it's like literally in this, they cut so much stuff. So we've gone from two forty five to two sixteen. Yeah, including end credits. Um, so it's more like probably two hours ten. As far as I'm concerned, that's a far superior film. It still has some of the flaws. You can't do really too much with the sound because without the master tape, you can't down mix or remix Bane. Yeah, However, but I think they've got around it by cutting a lot of his dialogue yeah. because a lot of it in this, I think the most amount of dialogue he has is in that opening scene with aboard the plane when they hijack uh, the nuclear physicist. Yeah, they cut yeah. a lot of that just to have him say whatever he says. They even cut a lot of the interrogators' lines as well. Yeah. Um, but what they did do at the end was they insert the original Batman Begins soundtrack over there where Robin's discovering the Batcave and Gordon's finding Drake. that signal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. That, that whole element's reusing the Batman Begins theme rather than the Dark Knight Rises theme music there just to tie mm. it back in thematically, which, again, was a nice little alteration. Obviously, he's also added a credit scene to credit uh, Bill Finger. I thought that was new. Yeah. I was looking at it again. I couldn't. I couldn't remember whether Bill Finger was credited. And he uh, was not. This was in the times before he was credited, so he's just added that in. That's good. We all, we like it. We like it. Um, like I really like this. Far improves the film. Still has flaws, but makes it far more tolerable. It's more. It's it's like that old adage. You can't polish a turd but you can add flavouring or you can cut lots of it you'll cut you'll cut nah you can polish a turd but you can't add flavouring you look very awkward while I'm saying that yeah because I don't think I'd ever <laughs> my metaphors are awful you should I, know I this I don't think now. I'd ever polish one or add flavour to one <laughs> um, I like the Talia reveal now it's less well, they, signposted uh, like it's where they cut so much of the stuff. So arguably, if they could have in this, she literally could have been called Talia Tate. They could have just called her Talia throughout this. Yes. Um, and then just go, oh yeah, but my actual surname's Al Ghul, and I changed it because um, you know, I'm trying to run a corporation here. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it a lot more because where they've cut the love subplots yeah. and there's her, even a her bit trying in... to call him constantly going. 
company. There's um, even a bit in the theatrical cut where Bane goes, come here, bring her to me, and then it's yeah. not addressed later on. You're like, why, why have you left that in if you're then going to pull the rug on you later to go, well, I saw it coming. Yeah, Carl, uh, don't need that. Yeah, it works a lot better. Yeah. Um, I'm still not 100% keen on the well, also, Liam Neeson cameo, but... Uh, I I think it's fine. It serves its purpose. And I think the benefit of Carl Natalia love scene subplot entirely is then that she's saying at the end, like, Bane's my friend, and he's not going to be like, wait, why did you fuck Batman? Yeah. It's like, I can't have to go, he's my friend and that, and he's only crying his love in me. It's kind of like, no, that, that again, makes sense. Um, character motivations and such. I'm like, I, you know, on this rewatch, I was very aware of how much I hate Christian Bale's costume and his lack of fighting ability. Yeah, Christian uh, Bale as Batman, he doesn't have I, the physical presence that others before He's too skinny. He's too lean. Yeah. Um, um, I prefer his costume in Begins. I know there's the whole thing you can't turn your head, but the rest of the costume I really liked, whereas in this it's just... Really rubbery, isn't it? It's yeah. Very, it's, very, it's very obvious on his legs and, and stuff when it yeah. wider shots. You're like, yeah, that's that's not functional. That's not moving with your body. Like, See, I, I would have even wouldn't have minded it if at the... Towards, see, this isn't... You can't really fix this with the fan edit. You would have to go back and reshoot it. But I think if they'd used an older version of his costume towards the end of the film, yeah, like the original Begins costume, because yeah. it should have been that mm. that his Dark Knight one's knackered because he got his face caved in, yeah, and then he's taking out his old Begins one from yeah. a, 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 like a backup marker. stash yeah. or something, you know. Well, it's the room from Begins, I think it is, isn't it? I think it's his original storage locker. Citation needed. No, the, needed. the one where he gets his second costume in this is from the, the Dark Knights, the underground yeah. metal shipping That's thing. I'm like, I would have just like, just have him put on his old costume because it's bulkier yeah. and stronger, but then you probably couldn't have Miranda stab him because that's the one thing Lucia says. You get increased mobility, but you're so going to get stabbed. Yeah. Which is like, well, you should have stuck with your better costume, pal. <laughs> um, yeah. But overall, I much prefer that. I find it makes the film much more tolerable. Again, I think the only really sort of major flaws with it is stuff that you can't edit out. So the fact that Bruce Wayne somehow manages to travel halfway across the world, back into Gotham, without being seen, after recovering seemingly from a broken back with a load of rope. Yeah, no passport, no money. Yeah. Halfway around the world in like, Less than 12 hours or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make sense. And does... he lets all the prisoners out of the prison cell by dropping the rope down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's never brought back up again. Yeah. 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 It is a lot better than the theatrical cut, for sure. Yeah. 100%. So then, based on that, your original score for theatrical, 7 out of 10, would you say, because this elevates it, would it be your revised score? Bearing in mind that we know it's a flawed story, yeah. How would you now rate this? I would give it a, I give it eight, eight and a half, because again, I'm gonna keep coming back to it. There is a lot of stuff that you cannot edit out because, again, like you said, it is a flawed story, and there are elements that you cannot edit out for love nor money. You can only try to, like I said. For the really, really poor analogy again, you can only really add flavouring to it. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can go back now and go, right, we're going to cut that and then refilm that and rejig this and rejig that. Because arguably, there probably isn't a lot of footage been released to the public because I was reading along a, oh, about a week ago or so, Supposedly, somewhere on the cutting floor, there's scenes with Bane in a very rudimentary early mask in the prison. Yeah, apparently. Which kind of explains they how it works. A, yeah. a set of transition masks as well that, yeah. he was, that he would have wore, which didn't make to the final cut. But I think the one thing you'd want from the vaults is the audio tracks to then remix his voice to remix Bane. Yeah, I would want the original voice tracks. I would not want. I'd, I'd try and find somewhere between the two. 
It's a, it's a difficult thing, sound mixing a film. Uh, at the very least, what I would have done is turn down all the boom boom noises throughout the film. Yeah. So then I can so that they're not deafening versus the audio being really quiet. It's a home theatre release. I want the audio levels remixed for home setups. Yeah. Yeah, what I did notice with this, though, was that the aspect ratio was a lot more consistent. That's probably due to the fact that a lot of the stuff cut was all... I think they, uh, did, the best, they did the best they could to try and... Keep it consistent. A lot yeah. of it seemed like it was in the IMAX format, so when it jumped backwards and forwards, it was less jarring. Yeah. Simply because the longer scenes were in the IMAX format. Mm-hmm. I, I got less Zack Snyder, Justice League... Um, Flashbacks from that, so that was quite nice. Again, you're blaming Zack Snyder's Justice League, but he, <laughs> he had it in a set format throughout. It didn't transition. This has lots of, and the theatrical has lots of transitions. Don't blame Zack Snyder. He chose a format and stuck <laughs> with it. He didn't flip flop between them. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's That's, that's a poor comparison. The one thing I did pick up this time, though, was uh, you should never wear a cape while riding a motorbike, because that is just so dangerous. Or whilst fighting in wet environments, apparently, just clung to him everywhere and just... Just knock it! Yeah, just... There's a reason why you don't have capes. No. Okay, so... I thoroughly enjoyed that, though. I Good. did really quite enjoy that. It still feels quite long. But again, that is probably just literally the footage being from a longer film. Yeah. And it feels longer. So, to wrap up then, yeah. based on how well you receive this, does this open the doors for me to potentially present you with some further fan fixes and fan mixes? I would be intrigued to see a fan mix, because I don't think I have ever seen one. I have just, I have just the thing for you. Okay. What if I was to say to you... Bateman begins. Okay, I think you brought this up last time. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, okay. How would you feel about Batman Begins mixed with American Psycho? With a little bit of the machinist thrown in there just for connective stuff. If they can make it work, I'm I'm willing to go with it. I, I the concept of it just makes me go, I want to see this. This'll either be brilliant or a complete clusterfuck, but it must be seen. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to go with it because I have seen some weird films and honestly, that seems one of the more sane options. Yeah, based on what you like, yeah. <laughs> true, very, very true. Very true. Yeah, that, that was pretty solid. So shall we wrap this up by saying... Yeah, um... Yeah, okay... Uh, thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this long-awaited follow-up to fan edits. Will there be another one? Yes. Yes, there you go. Look for it in another year's time, possibly, by the time I've done my homework again. Or next week. Or next week, we'll see. <laughs> Do you agree? Disagree? Are you any more sold on the concept of fan edits? Why don't you get in contact with us? We're over on Twitter as at podcast. We're also on Facebook, just search for us, you will find us. Longer rants, rambles, considerations can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. We're on Twitch as well, do the occasional Twitch stream. Go go give us a follow and a like over at twitch.tv forward slash anyonepodcast. Don't forget to leave us a like, rating, review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us grow the podcast and we can reach more ears and infect them and all that kind of stuff. Not virally, but, you know. Not virally. No, you're just shaking your head at me. No, 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 no. And if we were to do it virally, it'd be with your consent. (laughs) Of course, yeah. What should we leave people with? I think we should leave people with just a compilation of just... Tom Hardy. Well, either Tom Hardy, I was thinking possibly just Batman just screaming. Just... But I think Tom Hardy sounds better. Uh, uh, Just a... Like every single one of these ridiculous lines, or just a combination of all the on Batman's. Yeah. Okay. We'll but, do that. But if we do that, we've got to do that on every Batman-related thing forevermore. We always end with a compilation of on Batman. We'll see. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so 
Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this. I want the Joker. Drop the gun. I'm not wearing hockey pants. I killed those people. Excuse me. Storm's coming. I'm counting on it. You'll be in a better jail forever. This is just the beginning. Where were the other drugs going? Where are they? Where are they? Where's your trigger? He must have friends. Let her go. I have one more. Swear to me. And you're gonna love me. They can't help her, but I can. Where are they? Someone knows where he is. Why? It ends here. You'd leave a man's life to chance because you were the best of us. I need five minutes alone. Do I look like a cop? Where's the detonator? I'll look into it. I've got to find this man, Lucius. You're the one pointing the gun, Harvey.